You're listening to the Mind Your Business Podcast. Today, we're talking about how to engineer higher levels of your consciousness. So, stay tuned. Hi, I'm James Wedmore, and with 13 years online, I've built my business to over $9 million in sales per year. And this is the first non-business business podcast that shows you how to apply the principles of spirituality, energy, and mindset to create true and lasting success all from the inside out. This is the Mind Your Business Podcast. What's up, ladies and gentlemen? James Wedmore here. Hey, thank you so much for tuning in to another episode here. I'm really excited for today. I just got off an extraordinary interview with an extraordinary friend of mine, Miguel Franco. Now, Miguel has actually been someone I've gotten to know over the years. He's been a member of our community, oh my goodness, like since the beginning. And I've always gotten doses of what he does and what he's done for a very long time. You know, when we're, we're on coaching calls and we're working through copy and he starts talking about things like engineering higher levels of consciousness and what coherence is and, you know, starts talking about different quantum realities. And you're just like, wow, tell me more, buddy. This is amazing. And so we finally just, it, it just all the stars aligned and everything worked out. I'm like, we got to get you on the show, buddy. And what a fantastic episode. It's going to take you a little deep down the rabbit hole to some really interesting things. And it's just, it flowed so beautifully and one of the things that I want to encourage you to stay to the end for is a gift that Miguel has for all of you. He is one of the kindest, biggest, hardest humans ever. And he has an amazing free program course for you at the end of this that is all about recalibration. And you're going to learn more about what that is. And, uh, but I'll, I'll save it you know, for him to share the details with you, but really excited about this and really excited for you guys to dive in and listen. So I figured I'd just give a quick little bio and introduction about today's special guest, and then we'll get right into this. So Miguel labels himself, and I love this term, a consciousness engineer. He facilitates super conscious experiences to conscious business leaders so that they can achieve and sustain high flow performance so they can enjoy well-being and prosperity. Miguel is an internationally published author, a race car driver at heart, and an avid advocate for a shift in global consciousness. Miguel has over 35 years of research and teaching experience in the field of human consciousness and uses science-based and practical approaches in his work. And he is today's very special guest, here on the podcast. So without further ado, let's jump right into it with Miguel Franco right now. Ladies and gentlemen, I'm very excited for today's guest. Miguel, thank you so much for being here on the show. First time on the show. How you doing, buddy? I'm really, really pleased to be here, James. Are you thinking like it's about time? <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, I think it's uh, the timing is good. The timing, mm. I think with everything that's happening, the around the world basically yeah. is making such a lot of sense to me and is giving me like a true purpose right now. Now I feel wow. that I really, yes, this is what I came here for. Yeah. Now that's um, my time. 
And it's, that's so beautiful because I think a lot of the times we're in doesn't make sense to a lot of people. Like, I think yeah. a lot of people are like the world's going to hell in a handbag kind of thing. And that's why I want to go deeper with some of these things. I want to, I want to give people a perspective that I know that you're operating from that can have someone else say, this makes sense actually, and give some people some peace, you know, some understanding, some perspective. And so before we, we jump into any of that, let me actually share a little bit about you from my perspective, because I remember you were at one of my very first events for business by design. Yep. And at one of those very first events, I led the room in a little bit of a guided visualization. And I remember as I was walking people through, there was this gentleman in the back of his, the room with his eyes closed and his hands aimed at palms towards me. Do you remember that? <laughs> well, I don't remember the, I mean, I remember being there, but I, when I, you didn't remember, you don't remember doing that. <laughs> well, because I do every day. I mean, that's uh -huh. how I do, you know, it's the energy work that kind of I do yeah. too. It's like to sense and all that stuff. So, and like a part of it was like, I sensed it. It just, you just, you know, my eyes went right to you and I was like, I'm like, man, who's that guy? Like he gets it. And it was like, part of it was like, Oh, he's really just wants to receive right now. And I'm like, I think he's also given me something right now. And you've been a part of this community now that we've built for years. I've gotten to know you really well. I've always been so fascinated by what you do. I know you're like so many in our audience that it can be a challenge to communicate what it is that you do. Right. You know, it's not so simple as like lose 20 pounds now, <laughs> double your business tomorrow. Right. However, ironically, the things that I believe that you're going to go into today can affect your health, your weight, your business, everything, right? As I've dove into these topics deeper, it changes everything, your entire well-being. So in your words, can you describe to people what it is that you do? Okay. With your help, I've been <laughs> working through this process. Yeah. <laughs> so I would say I facilitate super conscious experiences to conscious business leaders so they can achieve and sustain high flow performance, enjoy well-being and prosperity, and inspire others to do the same. Mm -hmm. Tell me, in, I know you have... Show. <laughs> yeah, yeah, in a nutshell, no big deal, you know, that and like, yeah, lose 10 pounds. Yeah, <laughs> like, <laughs> that's it. That's a lot. That's a lot. And I think you guys are going to get a sense of what that means and what that looks like in this episode. That's, I think, both of our intention here because you talk about so many things and go really deep with them, which is really amazing. But I think your story of how you came to be this type of person is pretty profound. You want to kind of take us back and share some of the milestones and highlights with our well, listeners? Yes. Thank you. Mm -hmm. Well, since I know myself, I think my awareness of being two, three years old, I remember very clearly seeing energy, seeing like light. Light is not exactly the right term, but more like a luminescent type mm -hmm. of vibration in different colors in my room. And that for many years, I mean, from three to five, six, that was ever present. And also hearing things like hearing and then started having visions and visions of myself, visions of myself being a much older person, like even perhaps even like this is kind of deja vu for me because perhaps it has happened already. <laughs> perhaps it has. Yeah. You know what I mean? So I had gazillions of those experiences. Wow. 
And that drove a lot of people crazy, including myself, because I couldn't explain. Mm-hmm. On top of it, I always had some kind of a out-of-control telekinesis thing, because objects would move around me. Come on, wait. So I just want to—I just want to repeat this. So you've had experiences of telekinetic abilities, where things would move. Yes. Yeah. And I mean, that wow. was really, yeah, I know. I think was, we just officially just made this the most like woo episode ever on the podcast. I've never had anyone say that yet. And that is the coolest thing I've ever heard <laughs> from like a young age. Can you give me a specific example? Like I remember this so clearly. There was like a TV antenna on top of the TV. I mean, this I'm talking in the 60s. Mm-hmm. And uh, at that time, you had these TV sets, and then you had like antennas that were not attached to the TV. You just put the antenna on top right. of the TV. Yep. Mm-hmm. And man, the thing would just jump from the TV out. Nothing. I mean, there was no connection whatsoever. The TV could be off, and that thing would jump. Wow. I mean, that happened about three or four times for me. Wow. And twice with people around with me, you know, sometimes most by myself and other things. I mean, like uh, little things happening. And I, I, and I had no idea why this, what it was that, I mean, I was a kid that was, you know, so that really created a desire to understand these things. On top of that, I also had some shakes, you know, I used to shake a lot in bed like if I had like an electric, if someone gave me a, a shock, an electrical shock, wow. I would just do this. Sometimes I still do it. My wife freaks out when I, do <laughs> I it. could imagine. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and, and I couldn't control there. I had zero control over these things. And so I start trying to find answers to this thing. Right. And Brazil is a very mystical place. I mean, you have everything there, right? So I was raised, I mean, we were not religious. So I had to find answers somewhere else. And one of the things that I started researching was when I was 10, 11, was indigenous rituals. Because my dad was friends with the Villaboas brothers. These guys were like the pioneers, they, they made the first contact with indigenous tribes and, and like in the Amazon and all that. And because of that, I had the opportunity to connect with indigenous tribes. And I connect with a pajé, which is kind of a shaman. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, there are many different ways of doing. And this guy would start saying things and it was an, an indigenous guy. I mean, he was in his own costume, you know, and I started reading and studying that and asking the Villas Boas what that was. I was extremely curious about this. And also in Brazil, there are a lot of um, what's called curandero, which is also a kind of a healer, but a shamanic healer. You know, and people without any studies, I mean, those are very simple people and they do those miracle healings type of thing. And I will never forget that because I, I think I was 11 and this guy, I had a very intense pain in my ear. And this guy in the garden of my grandmother's house, pick up a plant from the garden and start doing some like a 
you know, <laughs> moving the plant around my ear, saying some words like a prayer or whatever he was doing. James, that thing became black and my pain was gone. Wow. I mean, my mother was there, my grandmother. I mean, there were a few people observing this. Yeah. So I really got excited about that stuff. I said, well, I want to learn why that happened. The guy, he had no answer to this. He said, just God working through me and all that stuff. Yeah. And, you know, and those are very simple people, no education whatsoever. Then because of that, my sensitivity started to increase. And I went to these spiritual centers in Brazil. There is a huge, is huge spiritist philosophy. So spiritist centers are where people go for healings and they go for basically the development of mediumship. So I started studying mediumship when I was 12, 13, something like that. And I studied until I was 20, practicing uh, to gain some control. And I gained some control over those psychic stuff. And it's very interesting. So if people want to check it out, like spiritist centers, I mean, it's really, uh, they're fascinating stories. And you can see people channeling, like there is one guy called Gasparetto, for example, and I studied this. He would bring an artist in each hand and, and his feet. So with four limbs, he would close his eyes and paint in such a tremendous speed, like art from Van Gogh, Renoir, Picasso, that was legit. I mean, the guys would say, and you can even see that he, him doing this on the internet. So I was really like, how does this happen? You know, so I started studying this thing because I was experiencing some of it. I mean, I had a lot of those sites in my head and I couldn't explain what they were. Anyway, so I'm going to speed up the process. Oh, so it's so fascinating. So, so, yeah. so we can come back to it. So, you know, then I studied mechanical engineering. I got into engineering school and I decided that science would be my grounding cord mm. for this process. So I start trying to connect spiritist philosophy with science, which they do as well. But I went deeper into this. Then I went to psychic schools. I studied in two major psychic schools in America here, and I, I think I spent more time in psychic schools than in <laughs> engineering school. Wow. I've done thousands of readings, energy readings and stuff like that. It's called aura readings, and, but different types of readings. Mm -hmm. And then from that, you know, it's always evolving because there are always patterns into this processes. There are always like a, a creed, a belief system behind all these schools. And, and some of them were kind of contradictory to me. So I said, okay, the way of learning this is really developing neutrality. So I, I worked really hard to develop a neutrality, to become an observer. So you can kind of embrace all those perspectives because all of them were beautiful and real. They all happen. And you know, in psychic school, do a lot of healings too psychic surgeries and stuff like that. And then from that, I started doing my own thing, developing my own interpretation of all this stuff that I, I studied and practiced. And I created, I started creating my own system. And I wrote two books. The first one is called Perceptions. You know, so it was more about describing our 
perceptive apparatus and how it works and how we can develop that. And my second book was in the age of intuition. Kind of my view was a, a perceptions version 2.0 type. It was a kind of evolving from that and going to what if we could experience life from an intuitive perspective about seeing energy becoming energetic beings and you know and how and everything that comes with non-physical yeah. and i was very successful with this book it was very well received especially interesting enough in corporations so i start teaching that in business organizations large business organizations and that's when I would say my consciousness engineering system really developed. And from that, I mean, has been a never ending process of just developing and improving and tweaking and, and learning more and, and also being very humble because I had a very impactful thing like um, you are calling your, how you call your shamanic death. Mm-hmm. Uh, I called the dark night of the soul that for me was a very long dark night, <laughs> you know, that you, you completely, you are you become reborn, but it took me like over 10 years, this phase it was very difficult for me. Do you want to just briefly share what, what that was? A tremendous level of fragmentation, getting to realities that were very, I would say, how can I say that? What's the term? You know, when you become almost schizophrenic mm-hmm. because you don't know where you are and what is real, what is not. And I, it was very hard to function. So I have to thank my wife for bearing with me, supporting me and going through a process of reintegrating myself. But you always see the blessing in, the, in disguise and all that stuff because I had to go so much deeper into the nature of the psyche that I created a framework, a very simple framework, in fact, that I call core interaction theory to explain those manifestations, why this happens, why this happens to people, why we get into the such fragmented states that you cannot operate in, in the physical, basically. I became almost catatonic. Mm. And then, you know, evolved and all that. And then summarizing, here I am. <laughs> you are. Yeah. No, and I know you have, today you have such a depth of knowledge and it's so fascinating. You know, we talked a little bit before of like, gosh, where do we get started and what can we really start talking about? You know, I think one of the things that you laid out that I think would be really fascinating to start with is the topic of consciousness in general, how consciousness arises Yes. Uh, would that be a good starting place? Yes, it, it is a good place because it lays the foundation for everything. So totally. there are basically a few models on consciousness. I mean, this is a topic that, you know, nobody has an answer for. Correct. Yes. Yeah. So it's basically a perception or a perspective. But my perspective is always, I always try to stay with science on this. So one of the perspectives that most people are used to is the perspective that consciousness arises from within the body. You know, meaning consciousness is physical and local, particularly in the brain. Mm -hmm. So this is a Newtonian model. But the Mm -hmm. brain is just an organ that processes information, creating what we call the mind. And the mind is mainly a product of memory retrieval and pattern recognition. 
So in this model, we have a conscious and a subconscious mind. So for people to picture what I want to describe, just picture a nice the iceberg mm-hmm. process. So the tip of the iceberg and the submerged part, where the submerged part is the subconscious. So the subconscious contains our programming or our habits and beliefs. And the conscious mind interprets the information that flows into the present moment, resulting in our thoughts and feelings and the actions we take, right? So the conscious mind is more receptive and creative, but it is the subconscious that feeds our conscious mind most of the time. In fact, people say 95% of the time, right? Therefore, most of our life experiences is created by our perspectives from the past, the meaning we give to them in the present, which creates a predictable future mm-hmm. because it creates a loop. So we create most of our current experiences using the filters of our habits and beliefs forming this loop. And this loop makes us feel the way we think and think the way we feel, which results in the habitual stories we tell. So it translates into routines or habitual rituals, checking social media or whatever we do that's repetitive or mindless, right? <laughs> and, and this creates predictability and we may end up feeling trapped or stuck. So if we want to change, create any change in life, we have to change our thoughts and feelings, right? Yeah. I see that this is one approach. The other perspective is with quantum physics. Quantum physics is the most valid of all science and says that consciousness is creating your life experiences, not your brain. And it also says that everything that exists in the universe has a vibrational structure, as everything that exists is the result of the interaction of energy fields. So from a quantum perspective, Vibration precedes manifestation. Vibration precedes the physical. And Before, just to jump in there, I don't want to lose your flow, but one of my favorite definitions of manifestation is it's the physical evidence of a dominant frequency. Yes. Yeah. Sorry, I didn't one, mean to feel like your flow because you're a man, you're in it. I'm sorry. So, <laughs> you, you no. pick up, yeah. So, but following this process, we can change our thoughts and feelings then by changing the frequency or the vibration of them, which will transform the outcomes that we have, right? So, according to quantum physics, in a vibrational universe, consciousness arises within a non-physical and non-local quantum field of possibilities, which then manifests and evolves with our physical bodies through the vibrations of our thoughts, feelings, and actions which are perceived through like our knowingness, epiphanies, precognition, and is also felt in the body. Mm-hmm. And I call being our non-physical aspect. And the being knows infinite possibilities because it is coherent with the quantum field. Mm-hmm. Another way of saying, I call the being our, also our superconscious mind. Mm, love that, yeah. So... In this model, so when we are coherent, and this is, I'm going about, uh, going to talk about coherence, but yeah. when we're- The thing you talk about is coherence. Yes. When we're coherent with our superconscious, our conscious mind becomes flooded with creative impulses containing new information that alters our perception, forcing us to pay attention to more subtle stimuli around and within us. 
So we become more sensitive to information that's appropriate for our growth. And we can repattern our brain and our subconscious mind with the creative impulses from our superconscious. So in a sense, it's like the information comes from the superconscious to our conscious mind. So we become, our conscious mind starts to interpret this information, not from our subconscious, but from our superconscious. Wow. And, fr and from that interpretation, repattern the subconscious. Yes. So it's, it's a totally different way of reprogramming your subconscious. Because then you start experiencing life from that very intuitive space. It's almost like, <laughs> you know, we've been saying here since day one, like creating success from the inside out. And this is like creating success from the higher self down. <laughs> yes. yes. I love that. And then, so accessing or becoming the super conscious or moving our attention or awareness or consciousness to that is, is coherence is the way? Is that what I'm hearing? Yes, because you have two different frequencies. One is in the ether, right? It's yeah. out there. The other one is physical, is in our body. So you are in the 3D. So, so the, how, the one that's in the ether, that's like who you truly are. That's your... Yes, uh, I, we will also address that because I'm go I want to talk about the ego, the ego okay. structure. Great. But for now, let's say that you have two different frequencies. So you can say, yes, when we align our superconscious or our higher self with our conscious self, that's when we start manifesting stuff. But what is this alignment? I don't use much alignment because, I don't know, as an engineer, it's like coherence is the right term because you don't align energy. Energy, it's non-physical. It's like energy is oh, waves. Yeah, how, do you, how do you align that? Right, right, right. I mean, I think if you were measuring it on waves on a thing, they would align in that sense. But yeah, I see yes. Yeah. You see what I mean? It's like it's it's air. How do you align the air? <laughs> <It's> like, <laughs> so, but there is frequency in the air. So we can kind of connect to that frequency because that's how information is exchanged mm. is through this process. I don't want to go into physics because I, I'm going to get totally lost if I do that. <laughs> <laughs> no, this, is, this is good enough to, to feed the, the conscious like analytical side of our brains. It's good. Yeah, yes. All right. Because I'm not too much into formulas and stuff, but you can find formulas on how exactly this information is exchanged through two different vibrations. Mm -hmm. I think the easiest way to, to say that, let's just use up as a visual, is that thing about, I don't know if you have seen that, you hit like the tuning fork yeah. and then the other tuning fork will get resonant with that, that without even touching it, just mm -hmm. with the vibration that goes through the air and hits the other tuning fork, and that starts to vibrate if they are in the same, the same frequency, yeah. the same, you know, the C plus or C minor or whatever sure, it is. That, right. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And, and basically, that's it. That's how I see that information. So imagine that if we can activate our superconscious is like hitting the fork, mm -hmm. that will send a signal and then we start resonating with the signal. So the body starts vibrating with the signal. The brain starts vibrating with the signal. Does it make sense? It's so uh, the, then the information is transferred. 
do we need to hit it like with the tuning fork or is it yeah, all well there are ways of hitting with the tuning fork which can be like as simple as just closing your eyes doing a meditation or breathing or moving your body you know there are many ways to activate that. Wow. Yeah. and uh, and there are many you know it depends on the taste of each person i have developed a whole system for it to do this mm-hmm. it doesn't use any mystical approaches mm-hmm. yeah so this is one aspect then the second aspect is the ego itself so i'll try to go a little bit on the ego because and i think that's where i i'm bringing a whole new information to this planet <laughs> with my definition of, of the ego love it it's not like the ego is always labeled as the bad guy you know our problems is because we have the ego but i go to the ego yeah my approach is the opposite is the opposite we need the ego and so let's define the ego in my perspective of the ego i see the ego as a psychic interface Basically, it works as a psychic interface, a, 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 a vibrational interface between this non-physical, which has no time space, it's out there, quantum field, with our 3D reality. So basically, this interface, the connection of the quantum with the 3D creates what I call our essence. Say, say that our higher self is a spark of what I call core energy, the energy that powers the universe. Okay, it belongs to that pool, the soup, the ocean, whatever you want to call that. And, <laughs> and, and there is that spark. That sparks our higher self, which is the, I call the superconscious mind. And that connects with our physical body. And I call this interaction essence. Hmm. It's our unique energetic fingerprint or whatever you want to call digital print or whatever it's our energetic thing right it's unique to us so it's essence i call this essence so i'm just giving names to make it a little easy the essence then how does this essence then communicates and operates in the physical so that has was what i learned from my dark night of the soul because I was completely out there and I said, okay, how, how do I bring myself together in a way that I function? And that's when I start looking at the components of this psychic structure, because I read it so many times before, uh, you know, in psychic school and all that stuff. That's what you read. You read energy, you read pictures, you read images, mm-hmm. but what kind of pictures do we read and where do they come from? So basically, I see this, the ego having components, and the components are our personality, our beliefs, values and beliefs, or belief systems, the identities that we create, and the biochemistry, because it has a body component to it. So the interaction of these four core components, you can have more, you can go even deeper on this, but the interaction of these four, that will give us a way to express the energy that, or the information that you are downloading, okay? So think about this as an operating system that has several apps, and each one of those components is an app. And mm-hmm. an app can go bad, right? It can get corrupted, can, many things can happen with that app. But what I learned and practiced and created was 
a way to engineer our ego. And I see that the ego is, is uh, this psychic interface, it can be in a healthy or an unhealthy state. Right. So if you bring it into a healthy state, that's when we can achieve this high flow state that I talk about, you know, the, the being the, the manifestation of the higher self and all that, just life just flows through us. Mm. That's when our ego is coherent. Mm -hmm. When it is incoherent, then that's when we have problems. That's when things start to happen. This is such a powerful distinction because you're absolutely right. And I've always felt I, I agree with your perspective and resonate with it so much that yeah, people are like, we got to get rid of the ego. And like to use maybe another similar metaphor, like, cause you said apps. So like, is the closest thing to the ego is like the iPhone itself. And then you have these apps. And then of course you have this from the cloud, downloading the software updates and upgrades. And it's like, if you didn't have the phone itself, there'd be no apps and there'd be no, nothing to interact with. And so we have to have it. It's not about getting rid of it. It's about making it healthy and coherent. Yes. And I love that the thing that automatically updates and, and all that stuff. <laughs> but it's not the case with the ego. Okay. Okay. It's like it's not a self-updating process because of many factors. It doesn't want to upgrade. It doesn't yeah, it doesn't because it creates patterns. It's yeah. easier to stay in a pattern than to change a pattern. Wow. Of course, yeah. So that's where the engineering comes in because we can engineer we can engineer our personality now i know you are a five now you can understand what i'm talking about <laughs> <laughs> yeah you listen to the podcast i love it <laughs> yeah 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 i use the enneagram very much is a is a very powerful tool and but I try to simplify because it can be extremely complex. If you go into all the systems and into all the nuances that it has, man, you go crazy. You can spend a lifetime studying the Enneagram, not even applying the Enneagram. You know, it's like, it's, it's crazy. What's your, but, what's your number, if you don't mind? I think we're very similar, James. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> all right. Yeah. I love it. I mean, so... In many ways then, for example, in the Enneagram, and I love the Enneagram because especially the one, uh, and there are gazillions of interpretations of the Enneagram too. So I believe in your, in the podcast, she mentioned the Enneagram Institute. And, and I studied with Russ Hudson, who is a co-founder of the Institute. Wow. I had very interesting talks with him because also he's a five. <laughs> <laughs> Here in the middle. Yeah. I love it. But in that system, he also describes, and, and it wasn't mentioned in the podcast, but in that particular system, the Enneagram has a personality can have a healthy average and unhealthy level. And it's called the levels of development. And I use that quite a bit to identify on a personality level why I was fragmented, what was happening to me. And the system really describes, if you really study it, you are going to see descriptions of behaviors and beliefs that goes with each level of development and all that. And you can find yourself in that spectrum. You know, not only in your type, but in other types, because I believe we are all of them. Mm. It's just what's more active or vibrant in your space. Yeah. 
Wow. That's really awesome. So you can engineer your personality too and become all of them. But also the positive aspects of the personality, when the personality is expressing its healthier behaviors and ways. Then you have the belief systems. That personality also is a package of belief systems, but there are other belief systems that are not personality related. So I think it's important to understand and dissect in a sense, our belief system, to understand what is the app malfunctioning at a belief system level. And that can create also cognitive and vibrational dissonance in our space. You know, it's so funny because I was going to bring that up with you and, and ask you about that, right? Like, because it just sounds like, oh, this is where cognitive dissonance comes up. Where can you just touch a little bit, expand a little bit on that so our listeners really know what that means? Yes. Well, okay. Let's give a very simple example. Mm -hmm. Like you want to lose weight. Mm -hmm. You decide I'm going to lose weight, but you keep junk food in your pantry. Mm. Right there, there is dissonance. Mm -hmm. What you believe in, what you want is not matching. So that's an example. Yeah. And, we can, and we can have many different, you want to have more money, but don't manage your money, you know? They don't know where we spend, where, where it goes and all that stuff. And then, but then we have like cognitive dissonance on like, even just a belief, like, you know, if someone says, I'm so stupid. And then Miguel goes, no, you're not. You don't sit there and go, I'm not. <laughs> you're right. I'm not. Thank you. I didn't realize that. Like we, we yeah, won't. I give you permission not to be stupid. Right. <laughs> or like, I'm so ugly. What are you talking? You're beautiful. It's like, no, I'm not. It's like, you can't even, you reject someone's compliment or you reject what someone says because it doesn't, it doesn't agree with the belief system, you know? So they're just saying that because they want something, you know? Yes. Yeah. And then you go into the identity component. Mm -hmm. The identity component is different from the personality, which can be our, our personality. You can identify in being a five. I don't, but you know, it's like the, I, you have to get out of the box in order to change. So if you become too identified with your personality, that's it. You become it. So you create an identity around that. And that can become very active. And sometimes your personality, especially if you're identified with an unhealthy aspect of your personality, it's an unhealthy identity. But it goes way beyond, you know, a simple example of identity to say, like, I'm Brazilian but I'm also American. And right there, I can create cognitive dissonance because those two identities are very different, mm -hmm. you know? So, and there are many other identities. I mean, you can like identifying with gods and goddesses is an identity, you know, archetypes. Archetypes are a good example of identities. We start identifying with the, those archetypes. Identities around being black, being white, you know, it creates that identity in a, in a deeper level. Even if you believe, oh, no, I, I transcend that. No, you do. We all have some kind of identity around our bodies, our genetic, our race, our ethnicity, yeah. you know. So, but we can engineer that too. We can look at it and say, okay, what is a good aspect of being Brazilian? What is a good aspect of being an American? And bring coherence to those aspects so you don't have dissonance in your identity level. We can map out a lot of identities. Yeah. Like I have, I have an identity being a race car driver. That's Very strong. 
Yeah. Very, very strong. That's why you, you bring your, your race helmet into your, your marketing and your videos and stuff. Right. And that's a positive one, you know, cause that, what a great metaphor, right? Like high, getting high performance, you know, and obviously like one that we swim with all the time is that of just being the entrepreneur, you know? Yes. And there are some shadow sides, some limiting negative aspects that are wrapped up in that identity of the entrepreneur. Always excited about the new thing, you know, oh, the hustle and the grind. You know, I talk about, especially with my higher level clients, like the death of the entrepreneur. And that's what I'm speaking about is, is kind of killing off some of those negative aspects of it where you're always chasing the shiny object and you don't develop discipline. You say yes to everything, all those kind of things. And you get a visceral reaction from people. They get upset because you can see their identity is like, this is who I am. Don't tell me to die. <laughs> but it's the same kind of thing. It's like, yeah, re yeah I love it. Re Re-engineering that identity. Yes. Mm -hmm. And then the other component is the biochemistry because all of that can change when you change your biochemistry. Let's say you are an introvert. Then you have a few drinks, you become an extrovert. <laughs> <laughs> There's change in your biochemistry. Yep. <laughs> totally. Right? That's a simple example. But there are so many examples. And how our biochemistry can, can really deregulate the healthy aspects of our personality, of our beliefs, of, of our identities and bring us down. If you are lacking serotonin, for example, lacking endorphins and, and all that stuff. So by learning to, and I had to learn that, I studied orthomolecular therapy to work with my biochemistry. And I was able to heal myself a lot because of that. And that you combine with some exercise, movement exercise. I'm also creating a movement practice to embody all that stuff. But anyway, so we can create, we can, what I want to say is that we can create, we can change our ego. We can change the state, the healthier, bring a healthier aspect to our ego in all of its components. If we take the time to look at them. What would you just say? And I'm, I love hearing that. I mean, that, I feel like that's what I've done. I feel like I've, you know, a lot of this work is uncomfortable work of looking at the unhealthy aspects of yourself. And when you do that from the aspect of knowing that I can re-engineer it, you do. And I think I look over the years and I look at who I was and who I'm becoming and it's doing things like that, you know, and I'll give examples, examples of, I think I was very selfish when I was younger. It was all about me. It was all about making money. It was all about the dollar bills, right? You know, I found myself very empty doing that. That was a big one. Competition used to, you know, that's ego, right? Even just the whole like pecking order hierarchy. Oh, someone, you know, makes more money. They're better than, or there's more to gain from them or whatever. Right. And noticing those negative aspects or unhealthy aspects or very egoic, I don't know, lower frequency aspects of yourself. And then when you move to those higher levels, it's just like life just is completely different. Cause you just, if, if those things don't exist, you have very little to worry about. When you create competition, when you look at life through the lens of competition, you have a lot to worry about because you got to worry about your competitor. You got to worry about winning. You got to worry about not losing. Right. And like when things like that start to go away, you don't have anything to worry, less things to worry about. So I'm curious if you can just share some specifics 
that might be relevant to our audience of like, what does an unhealthy versus a healthy or coherent ego start to look like? All right. Maybe it's a good thank you for that because then maybe it's a good time for us to jump into the coherence performance matrix that I would like to share sure. because that's exactly what that is. It's how we can move through a spectrum of being unhealthy and totally fragmented to be in a high flowing state. Yeah. So, and I think that was the result of my observations through my own dark night, <laughs> uh, long dark night. Uh-huh. And, and I think it's a good contribution because I'm using this for entrepreneurs, basically, you know, but it can apply to any, any level. So anybody and, and also any aspect of life, and we can talk about that. So maybe what I'd like to do is to ask our listeners mm-hmm. to, if they have a paper and pen on hand, to use it now, because I want them to picture, uh, to draw on this piece of paper, um, square. Draw a square, very simple, a square. And then create four uh, squares inside of this. So meaning you, you put a line in the middle and a line in the vertical, right? So you have four quadrants inside of this square. So in the Y uh, axis, so you create like, just put a, a arrow to symbolize it is on the Point Y up. axis. Mm-hmm. And in the bottom, the X uh, axis, right? So you have Y and X. All right. So for the Y, you write coherence. Yep. And for... So that would be on the left side of the box. The left left side, outside of the box, yes. And in the outside, at the bottom, to write performance. So it's called the coherence performance matrix. Mm -hmm. So picture the top quadrant on the right side at the top is number one. The number two is the top left. Number three is the bottom left. And number four is the right bottom, right? Yeah, so starting at the upper right, we're going counterclockwise. Yes, one, two, three, four. And to complicate more, I'm going to go backwards (laughs) on this whole thing. But let's say, (laughs) let's talk about coherence, okay? The definition of coherence. If you look at the dictionary, there are two different uh, definitions. The quality of being logical and consistent and the quality of forming a unified whole becoming one with experience. Wow. My approach to coherence is the integration of these two aspects. So imagine blending these two, this for me is what coherence is. So let's start with the number four. I call the number four, the chasing quadrant. And here we experience high performance, but low coherence. This is where we find the workaholics or those chasing results to get recognition or to project a successful image. But deep down, they feel kind of unfulfilled. Mm. So when in this quadrant, we may develop addictions or to cope with pressure, for example. Then the number three is the running away quadrant. 
And in the running away quadrant, we experience low performance and low coherence. In this quadrant, we find those who are highly fragmented and kind of feel lost or with no direction or purpose. They may stay in unfulfilling jobs or have a stagnating business. They may experience hopelessness and despair, feel unworthy, and may develop serious health, financial, and relationship issues. Hence, the desire to run away from it all. Mm-hmm. So when you are in this quadrant. Second quadrant is the contemplating quadrant. And there we find those who experience higher levels of coherence, but not really optimizing their talents and skills. Usually they are okay with themselves. They may experience inner peace. They may feel comfortable. But deep down, they have a longing for change. They want to change. And they want a new path. But their fear keeps them in the comfort zone and keep them risk adverse and they are unable to make a bold move. Then we go to the high flying qualities, number one. That's where we experience high levels of coherence and high levels of performance. People there tend to do what they love and to love what they do. What did you call this one again? The high flowing quadrant. High flow, that's the high flow. So they, they have a beginner's mind, they welcome change and they manage their thoughts and feelings to feel good. They know they can change their thoughts and feelings to feel good, mm-hmm. no matter what life is throwing at them. Yeah. So they have high levels of self-compassion and self-worth. Self-esteem is high. No? So life, life flows with greater ease in this quadrant. So that's the quadrant we want to be in. Mm-hmm. And the thing is, we experience life. See, it's a very simple, simple matrix, but it describes four states. And in a sense, we are fluctuating in these quadrants, you know, like it's not that you are always high flowing or you are always contemplating. If you look at, go through a lounge, for example, Mm -hmm. you may start the lounge high flowing, man, there are times (laughs) you want to be run away from it all. Running away, yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Well, here's how I interpret this too, that I really love. Performance. Performance is like 3D. How do you act and operate actions, decisions in the 3D? And then coherence is like connecting to the, that higher self, that higher dimensions, right? And mm-hmm. so it's like, wow, when you're balanced in both, when you're operating here and from up there and you bring that together, you get that high flow. That's my interpretation of that. Do you feel like that's a... No, uh-huh. it's very correct. It's when your behaviors are a re- reflection of the creative impulses that are flowing through you. Yeah. So when you that, know? so what, what Miguel is saying is that when that spark of genius comes through you, when that creativeness starts flowing, when that idea hits you, you have to perform. Yes. You got to act. You got to manifest that into action and decisions and choices and moving forward. And yeah, it's going to be scary. You know, but, but it, it is exciting. That's why I love it, racing. Yeah. <laughs> you know, because it is for me, it's like, um, like maybe surfing for you is a very natural it's thing to very, do. Very similar. Yeah. Yeah. And although I did a lot of windsurf myself, uh, windsurf, not, not surf, yeah. windsurf. windsurf. But I tried to surf with my windsurf board and I broke, I don't know how many <laughs> masts on that. <laughs> that thing hitting my head, I mean, it was crazy. Yeah. That's a whole other. 
I, oh. I, pre I prefer racing. <laughs> but in racing, for example, it's like being in the zone. But it's beyond being in the zone. I define everybody as, no, it's being in the zone. No, it's not being in the zone. You are in a state where, I mean, when you really become that creative impulse, in a sense, when you allow your conscious mind to really operate from that superconscious information, you bypass brain activity, you bypass your brain. You, you, the brain is controlled by, by impulses and not by mechanisms of thinking and behaving. Mm. You just do it. That's intuition at its purest form. So it's not like you're in the zone, you become the zone. You become the zone. Yeah. <sighs> and, and we can all achieve that all the time if we want to. But we don't. I mean, well, I think we do it accidentally more often than we give ourselves credit, right? You know, you every time someone is feeling really excited about anything, <laughs> that's when you are high flowing. You're there. We're just doing it. We're just untrained in it. We're not disciplined in it. We're not learning how to access that more consistently in our lives, and it's it's so important. And I just feel like you've done such a fantastic job of explaining this in a way that will satiate the logical brain. I am curious before we continue, do you have any aspects or thoughts on like, all right, we're in 3D, people talk about moving to higher dimensions like 4D, 5D. Do you have any thoughts on, on that or anything to share there? I think the, the numbers are very deceiving because we're talking about infinite. Mm. So it's not five, six, 10, 11, how many dimensions there? I mean, there are infinite dimensions. Mm-hmm. When you start, if you, I mean, if you base your perception or your thinking based on quantum physics, it's infinite. Yeah, wow. So, how do you define infinity? <laughs> yeah. I feel like it, we can't, you know, like I, I feel like the brain just isn't meant to even comprehend. Eternity. Yeah. Because it's beyond space and time. But you can be part of that. And that's the thing. When you are in that thing, you, I mean, anyone, when you are in the zone, really, like, but let's say a higher zone, right, the, which I call the high flow, time and space completely disappears. There is no, you don't think that you are, you are not linear. You are only linear because you have perhaps to write things and all that. And that's my main difficulty because I'm more on those spaces than I am in my body in my, many ways, you know, so I have a tremendous difficulty to have my body express what I'm kind of capturing. Well, you've done an amazing job of guiding us through all of this to really grasp an understanding of it. So I really appreciate it. I want to be mindful of, of your time. Is there anything else you want to touch upon before we start to, to wrap up? And I know you got a, an amazing gift that will help people like, cause I know people are like, okay, so how do I do this? How do I do this? How, do, what, what, how can I get started? What can I do? What's kind of coherence? Like, what do, like, I want to experience this. Um, but do you have anything else to add in this episode or anything you feel like you want to touch on that would uh, call this episode complete for you? Two things. Sure. The, the first one is that take this matrix to every aspect of your life. Mm. So look at the, are you high flowing in your finances, in your relationships, in your sexuality? in your sensuality, in your relationships with parents, with spouse, with co-workers, with your team? Are you high-flowing with your creativity, 
with the purpose you have in your life. So we can use that because we can engineer all these aspects as well. And when they are highly coherent, that's when your, your life becomes like magic. Yeah, so good. And I must tell James that you are someone like, you do these things. Oh, stop it. Go on. Yes, you more. are. You are such a, <laughs> a very mm. man. You don't know how powerful you are, my friend. That's probably true. It's <laughs> <laughs> very kind of you to say. I really appreciate it. You know, thank you. No, I mean, this resonates with me a lot. It made a lot of sense to me because I, yeah, I try to do this, but I don't always have, you know, when someone can put words or a structure or a framework to something, it helps more people. And sometimes I feel like I'm, I do things that I don't know how to explain. So I think you explained some things really well. Thank you. Yeah. The other aspect then that I would like to, to say is that the activation of this state, this is not a brain mechanism. This is a heart mechanism. It's really the heart is the gateway to high flow, not the brain. So if we can amplify the why and there are explanations for that because the electromagnetic field created by the heart is i don't know a thousand times bigger than the the one created by the brain i've heard stuff like that yeah it's so powerful you know and how do we connect then with energy is through biofields so the biofield created by the heart is much stronger than the one created by the brain and when you bring that heart coherence to your brain, you create brain coherence as well. And when your brain and your heart is coherent, that's when you can have those downloads and you can start manifesting whatever you want to manifest. And it's not sometimes immediate. It takes time. I mean, you know, like for different people, different things. And, but the process, one of the processes is to really open your heart. So, if you are not with a clean heart, a loving heart, it, this process is much harder. Yeah. And to have that, that's the hook for the gift, <laughs> is how to recalibrate your heart. I see forgiveness being the path. 100%. Oh my gosh, it's so true. Because you really have to let go, you know, love Lao Tzu. When I let go of who I am, I become what I might be, right? Mm. So in many ways... We have to let go of ourselves every day, of who we are today to be a different person tomorrow. So you always say that, to become the person you want to be, and to be that person, to be in that space of being that person, you have to have a free, loving heart. Accepting like yourself to every, in every possible aspect, your flaws, everything. And, and forgive yourself for all the have <laughs> done in the past forgive yourself you know? forgive others and it really oh, is others, yes. every time you choose not i'm really getting this just the way you're saying it that choosing to not forgive someone yourself or others is closing your heart yeah. that's all it is and it's very easy because i know i had this is like but they did something wrong they did something bad i don't condone it i don't approve of it i don't agree with it and forgiveness is for you. It's not, it's not for them. It's to open back up. And I think it's so important. And it's not easy. Holy cow. Not easy. Sometimes it's, not easy. it's really, really hard. Yeah. But there are ways, and that's how I would like to kind of share 
okay. something with with the audience you know uh, yeah. this i have this mini course uh, or e-course mm-hmm. on forgiveness is recalibrate your heart that i want to gift to your audience That's because awesome. there are two processes there i mean there is a frame i mean everything content everything i talked about in a sense so that there is a framework why we do what we do and there are processes that you can use like a visualization for that which is more of an energetic process but you can also engage your analytical cognitive processes to work through forgiveness to transform a thought feeling into a bad thought feeling pattern into a more empowering thought feeling pattern and then when you do that one not to you but one starts to see life in a completely different way seeing that everything is part of a bigger thing you know it's like so that's when you start developing multiple perspectives embracing multiple perspectives that's when you can embrace multiple perspectives because you have to let go of judgment if you are in judgment you cannot forgive yeah so you gotta be very neutral to forgive and i talk about in the course there that is not accepting bad behavior not yours not or from other people but is like more like a changing the way you are seeing the situation basically to free yourself from the agony of judging yourself or judging others and stay with that person in your head or you something you did in your head and that like facebook had spend went 10 times higher than <laughs> <laughs> and you didn't convert anyone, you know, so, so that, that's, you got to forgive yourself. Otherwise, you don't, you can not build anything. You cannot create anything. So, and interesting enough, I, I wrote this in our time together after that BBD lives thing. Yeah. You know, so, you know, I've known uh, Miguel for quite a few years now. It's going on three and a half, four years or something like that at this point. And I know you've helped other members of our community. You've been an amazing part of it and I've gotten to know your story and your work. So it was about time I brought you on brother. (laughs) I'm so glad it it finally happened and finally manifested and I'm grateful for you. And I endorse and support you obviously by having you on here. I endorse you and I encourage anyone listening. If this stuff has started to, you've started to feel coherence in Miguel's powerful words here. If he's shared some things that you know, they're the same things we've all been talking about for 400 episodes, but in a, in a very unique way and in a different perspective, then, you know, I'd, I'd obviously encourage everyone to be doing any kind of forgiveness work because it's, it is so powerful. And Miguel, thank you so much for gifting this. I'd say everyone just go, go grab it and use it. Don't assume because it's free, it won't be a value because this episode was for free and we know that that was a value too. And so Miguel delivers. Do you have a link for us? Are we going to put that in the show notes? Yes, will be uh, well. The the new brand is superconsciousexperience.com, and uh, if you suggest, I can create a page uh, slash uh, myb. Yeah, that works. Slash myb. There we go. Myb. Right. We'll link right. that up. We'll link that up for you guys in the show notes, so you can grab it. So, Miguel, thank you so much. Really appreciate it. Any any final thoughts before we wrap this up? No, I'm just grateful, man, to be here and to be part of your community. You know, as a five, I'm very, I'm a hermit, right? Mm -hmm. So I think it's like, you're going to see more of myself now. I think I really 
I, I am much more coherent now than I was <laughs> <laughs> when I joined. Yeah. Uh, you know, I, I was working through a lot of stuff back yeah. then. So, but now it's like, this is it. And to build a business and to feel good about it, you know, it's like letting go of any judgment of anything. I just want to share with the planet, you know, what I've learned and because I think it can help a lot of people, especially, especially now. This is the right time to create a huge shifting in life. Amen. We are in a very, very beautiful, very beautiful place right now. Mm-hmm. You know, all the anger, that's uh, everything. I think we, are go- we have an opportunity to transform the systems. Yeah. We have a huge opportunity. So if people who are listening here, it's like pay attention because especially entrepreneurs. I see that entrepreneurs, they have, is going to be through small businesses that we are going to transform the economy, transform everything and transform the way we are led basically by other people. A hundred percent. We cannot take crap anymore. I think people realize that by now. And so it's time to change the system. And as an entrepreneur, we have more power. Yes. We yes. can utilize more of that power. And more. especially the power. And that's why I'm so grateful to you, James, because you are one of the most generous person I ever met, honestly. And what you do for your students, like, it's really an inspiration. Mm. And because of that, you are empowering so many people to mm-hmm. create a new planet to really change the global, the social order on this planet. Yeah. You know, it's a very powerful thing. That's why I'm part of your community too. <laughs> <laughs> and you're doing it too, buddy. You're, yep. you're right there next to me doing it. So I appreciate you so much coming on and sharing. I know this has been such an impactful episode for everyone listening. So appreciate you so much. I appreciate our listeners for tuning in please connect with Miguel. We'll put all of his info in the show notes. You've got the link, go through his program, share the results with him and myself. Keep us posted on this work. So important, so powerful. Thank you so much. Thanks, Miguel. And thank you guys again. We'll see you on the next episode here on the Mind Your Business Podcast. Take care. Did you know eight out of 10 businesses fail within their very first 18 months? I believe being an entrepreneur means unlearning everything that we've been taught our entire lives about what it really means to be successful, which is why I've created a brand new audio program entitled Activate. I wanna show you how to think, act, and behave like the successful entrepreneur that you were meant to be so you can step into the vision that you have for your life and your business. And the best part is this program is yours absolutely free. To register right now, simply visit www.jameswedmore.com forward slash activate and we can get started right now.